Respected brothers, we remind one and all to recite again those frequently mentioned words that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam encouraged us to recite abundantly in the month of Ramadan. Ashadu an la ilaha illallah, astaghfirullah, Allahumma inni as'aluka al-jannah wa a'udhu bika min al-nar. Ashadu an la ilaha illallah, astaghfirullah, Allahumma inni as'aluka al-jannah wa a'udhu bika min al-nar. أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أستغفر الله اللهم إني أسألك الجنة وأعوذ بك من النار الحمد لله in tonight's recitation in Salat al-Taraweeh there were many verses highlighting the rank of the Sahaba رضي الله عنهم the companions of Rasulullah صلى الله عليه وسلم and on one particular occasion Allah سبحانه وتعالى revealed the verse of his pleasure for those who took the pledge at the hands of Rasulullah صلى الله عليه وسلم beneath the tree and there is obviously no time to go into the details of the event, but it was on the occasion where Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had seen a dream that he was performing Umrah in the sixth year after Hijrah, and he prepared the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, giving them the glad tidings. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, had showed him in the dream. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa knew that it was to be a reality because the dream of a Nabi is, 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 uh, is haqiqa, it is a reality. It is not affected by, by the things that the Nabi eats. Unlike in our circumstances, the person's dream can fall under what is called adghathu ahlam. It can be fabricated dreams based on what he has consumed, a buildup of gas in his system, overeating or sleeping at the wrong time, sleeping, sleeping in the wrong posture. That could all result in, in dreams which have no meaning. In any case, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam undertakes this journey the Quraysh are not pleased to see Rasulullah sallallahu entering uh, so soon after he had migrated from Makkah Mukarramah and they uh, decide to stop him. And they eventually there's a, a peace treaty which is signed, which is known as the, the Treaty of Hudaybiyah, where Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam entered into an agreement with the Quraysh that for 10 years there would be uh, peace without any hostility between the two groups. And at this time, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also revealed the verse, Inna fatahna laka fatham mubina. Or certainly we have blessed you. Fatahna laka, we have opened for you. Fatham mubina, the open victory. And some of the Sahaba radiallahu anhum couldn't really understand how would it be victory when it seems as if we are submitting ourselves to signing a contract, uh, an agreement or a truce with, with the Quraysh. And we seem to be, or they seem to be having the upper hand over us. But Thereafter, when they realize that victory in deen is actually the opportunity to be able to spread deen. Because when there is no war and no fighting, it's easier for the deen and the message of, of Islam to be, to be conveyed to the other nations. And this is why uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when the surah, إِذَا جَاءَ نَصْرُ اللَّهِ وَالْفَتْحِ was, was revealed, Sayyidina Abu Bakr al-Siddiq began to weep. إِذَا جَاءَ نَصْرُ اللَّهِ when the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala arrives and victory comes. And you see that people entering into the deen in large groups. Then make tasbih and praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and seek forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Most certainly Allah is a tawwab, the being who readily forgives. 
Abu Bakr al-Siddiq began to weep because the Sahaba said, we were wondering what's he weeping about because this seems to be a glad tiding of victory after all the years of difficulty. And he said, soon after that, Rasulullah sallallahu left this world and we understood. In fact, the Sahaba said, Kana Abu Bakrin a'lamana. He was the biggest alim amongst us. This is why he understood immediately as the verse was recited that if the victory of Allah has come and deen has spread, then the purpose for which Rasulullah sallallahu was sent has been achieved. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is indicating to him that he has to prepare by glorifying him and making istighfar, preparing to leave this dunya and enter into the realm of the akhirah. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala expresses his ridwan and his pleasure for the sahaba radiallahu anhum. They are the ones upon whom the foundation of deen depends. And this is why it is so important that the integrity and the honor of the sahaba is defended at all costs. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, yes, we need to understand that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made a level for anbiya alayhimu salam, which is a level of infallibility. They are ma'asum, they do not sin. Because they have to be followed. The Sahaba radiallahu anhum are not ma'asum. There is no claim in our sharia that the Sahaba didn't make mistakes. Yes, they made mistakes, but collectively as a group, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam gave the guarantee that they are, they are the group of Jannah. And all of them are just in, in the matters of deen. And if they made mistakes, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allowed that to happen for us to learn from their mistakes and emulate their methodology of repenting unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala further on in the same surah tells us and describes the sahaba radiallahu anhum Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam waladheena ma'ahu those who are with him So it's impossible for somebody to come now and say that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam only had a few people who remained Muslim with him There are individuals and people like that in this dunya who think uh, so negatively of the companions of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam which is actually an impossibility that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam makes so much effort for 23 years. People give their lives in Badr, in Uhud, in Khanak, in Hunayn. And after he leaves this world, they leave the deen of Islam. It, does, it doesn't make sense. In any case, Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala says, وَالَّذِينَ مَعَهُ Those people who are with Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, أَشِدَّا عَلَى الْكُفَّارِ They are stern and firm when it comes to the matters of disbelief and the kuffar. رُحَمَاءَ بَيْنَهُمْ And they have rahma amongst themselves. They are compassionate and loving towards one another. Tarahum rukkaan. When you see them, you'll see them either in ruku' bowing down, sujjadan or making sujood to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, yabtaguna fadlam min Allahi wa ridwana. And always they are looking for that which pleases Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Seemahum fi wujuhihim min athari sujood. And the sign of their nobility, of their sujood also, and the sign of their nobility and their rank can be seen on their foreheads. The Mufassirin say this is a nur which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala placed in the faces of the Sahaba radiallahu anhu. In fact, the, the, the nur which Allah blessed them was not only restricted to their faces, but in, two Sahaba were sitting with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, bin Hudayr and another Sahabi. And it was late at night and they returned. And as they were leaving Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, in the darkness of the night, the stick, the walking stick of one of the Sahaba lit up in order for them to be able to see the, the route that they needed to take. And when their paths separated, both of their walking sticks lit up. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala didn't only put nur in their faces, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put nur in their walking sticks. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put nur in every, every part of their existence. This is what the people who were in the company of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu anhu, Amirul Mu'mineen, the second Khalifa of Islam, 
he was leading Fajr Salah. And a Persian slave by the name of Abu Lu'lu' attacked him. For three, he was a slave of Mughira bin Shu'ba, but this, this uh, slave, uh, Abu Lu'lu', he was plotting this assassination for many days. So he left his dagger in poison for a few days. And then he secretly came into the masjid at the time of Fajr, it was dark. Sayyidina Umar radiallahu went into Ruku'. And as soon as he went into Ruku', this wretched person jumped forward and he stabbed Sayyidina Umar several times in the back. And this was actually the, the manifestation of the dua of Sayyidina Umar. He used to make dua. Allahumma rzuqni shahadatan fi sabilik. Allah grant me martyrdom in your path. Waja'al mawti fi baladi rasulik. And give me death in the city of your rasul. So the people used to say, Umar, you're making a dua, but there seems to be a contradiction. If you want to die in the path of Allah, you have to be out of Medina. And yet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepts his dua. And in any case, this person stabs Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anh. He falls down. But as he falls down, this hadith is mentioned in Sahih al-Bukhari. As he falls down, he drags Abdurrahman ibn Awf forward. Sayyidina Abdurrahman ibn Awf, one of the ten of the Ashara Mubashara given the glad tidings of Jannah in one gathering. He drags him forward. In other words, in that state, he's concerned that the salah shouldn't break of the congregation. They must complete their salah. Something is, he's not, it's not a, a fly or a mosquito or a cockroach that was running in his direction. We know our condition. If something happens, we're performing salah and there's something coming frightening. What happens to us? We lose concentration of which part of the salah we are in. Yeah, he is fully aware of what is happening and he, he, he signals Abdul Rahman bin Auf to complete the salah. And there's a whole lot of confusion in the first half. So some people eventually try to attack this individual and he stabs a few more people besides Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anh, and eventually he kills himself to, uh, to defend himself from having to answer any questions of his assassination attempt. So Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anh, when he, as soon as he regains consciousness after the salah, the first question, he said, Hal salla al-Muslimun al-Fajr? Did the Muslims manage to finish the Fajr Salah? And I said, it wasn't, mustn't be that because of me, they, 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 were some, they were unable to finish their Salah properly. They said, Naam ya Amir al-Mu'mineen. Oh yes, Amir al-Mu'mineen, they, they performed their Fajr Salah. So he said, remember, this is the foundation of, in this condition he's saying, the foundation of deen, that person who protects his Salah, he's protecting deen. That person who neglects his Salah, he's destroying deen. So now Umar is saying in this condition. I'm, I'm talking of the level of iman of those people who stayed with Rasulullah sallallahu the people who have been praised in these verses. Then, he says, Man qatalani? Who is that person who attacked me? So the Sahaba said to him, Abdun majusiyun yusamma aba lu'lu'a. He is, an, he is a Persian slave, a fire worshipper, and we found out his name is Abu Lu'lu'. So Sayyidina Umar radiallahu turned, in that condition he turned and he made sujood, and he said, Alhamdulillahi alladhi ja'ala masra'i ala yadi abdin kafir. لم يسجد لله في حياته سجدة يحتج بها علي أمام الله. I thank Allah Subhanahu wa Taala for letting me meet my end at the hand of a person who did not make one sajda in his life for Allah, which he could use against me. In other words, it wasn't a Muslim that was disgruntled and disappointed in the way we were running our affairs, and he had a case against me, and this is what I'm, I have to face in this dunya, dunya as well as in the akhirah. So he thanked Allah Subhanahu wa Taala for that. Then. He called his son Abdullah bin Umar radiallahu anhumah. He said, اذهب إلى أم المؤمنين عائشة Go to Umm al-Mu'minin عائشة radiallahu anha وقل لها إن عمر يستأذنك أن يدفن بجوار رسول الله Say to her that Umar is asking to be buried next to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. 
And he says, Umar, Say Umar and don't say Amirul Mu'mineen. Because I'm not the Amirul Mu'mineen now. Now I'm about to leave this world. The title is gone. The janazah is ready. They don't say Hazrat Mawlana Fulan Fulan. They say the janazah is, janazah is going. So he said, uh, Umar, Say Umar, don't say Amirul Mu'mineen. So Abdullah bin Umar goes to Ummul Mu'mineen Aisha anha, and she says that. I intended keeping that place because Rasulullah is buried in, in her house. A Nabi is buried where he leaves this world. So it was in the house of Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu anha. And after Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's is, is this way with the head facing Qibla. When Abu Bakr as-Siddiq passed away, the Sahaba radiallahu anhum buried him in the house of Aisha radiallahu anha behind Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam but little lower in line with the shoulder of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This is adab and respect. Even... Even in burial, we show respect. Nobody said to the Sahaba, hey, where did you get that hadith? Where is it? Bid'ah, where are you coming with this? Because etiquette and respect is something entrenched in the heart of a mu'min. He doesn't need to be told, you need to show respect to your elders and your seniors. And the... So Abu Bakr as-Siddiq was buried, and his head was in line with the shoulder of Rasulullah. So one is this way, and then the second. So there was one more place in the, in the room of Ummul Mu'minin Aisha radiallahu anha. So she said, whenever I used to go to, to the graves of Rasulullah and my father Abu Bakr as-Siddiq, then I didn't wear the niqab and the hijab because this is my, my husband and, and my father. But then when Sayyidina Umar eventually was buried there, she said then she used to always enter with, with hijab, making hijab even from those who left this dunya. May Allah give our mothers and sisters tawfiq to make hijab from the people who are alive on, in this dunya. So she said, I, I wanted to keep this place for myself. I'll give preference to the Amirul Mu'minin over myself. So Abdullah bin Umar goes back and he tells Sayyidina Umar that she's given permission. I'm past my time already. So carry on tomorrow. Right. Um, he says that Ummul Mu'minin has given permission. And he says, Alhamdulillah. There was nothing more important for me than to be buried close to Rasulullah sallallahu That person who conquered Egypt, Bilad al-Sham, Iraq, North Africa, in his Khilafah, he's the second Khalifa of Islam. So many people embrace Islam because of the efforts that he had made. And his only concern is he says, my biggest concern is to be close to Rasulullah That's my biggest concern. That, may Allah make that our concern, that we are close to Rasulullah in our heart, in our a'mal, in our actions. And then he says, when I die, then you take my, my janazah in front of the house of Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu anha and ask her permission a second time. Perhaps she gave permission out of uh, her dignity and her respect for me, and she could change her mind. So if she changes her mind, you take me to Baqi' and you bury me in Baqi'. And Ummul Mu'minin Aisha radiallahu anha, she said, no, Amirul Mu'minin will be buried, will be buried there. After they buried Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anha, they realized, because they buried him in line, not in line with the head of Abu Bakr Siddiq, they put him also a step lower. So the three are buried in that direction. And there was space for one more. So somebody asked Aisha radiallahu anha, so when you pass away, should we bury you there in that corner? As the ulama say, when Sayyidina Isa alayhi salam returns, that will be the place where he will be buried. But Ummul Mu'minin Aisha anha said, no, I do not want to have any preferential treatment over the other wives of Rasulullah So people will say, hey, where's the wives of Nabi sallallahu buried? They say, no, they're in Baqi. And where's Aisha? Oh, Aisha is here by Rasulullah She said, I don't want that. The Ummahatul Mu'minina in Baqi, put me also in Baqi. 
So the point here is the level of taqwa and scrupulousness of the Sahaba, radiallahu anhum. Sayyidina Umar is worried about taking permission for just a few meters of ground from Ummul Mu'minin Aisha, radiallahu anha. That was the level of their consciousness and taqwa. And this is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ruhama'u baynahum. So their foreheads, their bodies were all filled with, with the nur of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, of, of, of the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And more beautifully in this verse we learn one more thing. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives an, ex, an example of the sahaba which I won't go into, describing how they grew from, from few in number and they became firm and strong and dominant. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, ذَلِكَ مَثَلُهُمْ فِي التَّوْرَةِ وَمَثَلُهُمْ فِي الْإِنْجِيلِ These were the examples given in the Torah and Injil. Now we know when people pass away, that's normally when we start to praise them. People's legacy and people are discussed after they leave this world, after they've done what they needed to do and now they pass away, the generations thereafter say, I know there was such and such a person, such a alim, such a sahabi, such. But the sahaba, they are different. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala praised them before they were born. Because Allah says, ذَلِكَ مَثَلُهُمْ فِي التَّوْرَةِ وَمَثَلُهُمْ فِي الْإِنْجِيلِ It's the only group on the face of this earth that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says were, pray, were praised by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala even before they came into existence. The Torah and Injil were obviously revealed before the Sahaba were in existence. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says this is the example we gave the, of the companions of Muhammad in those scriptures which means that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had willed that they be praised even before they come into this world let alone after they leave this world. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala instill within our hearts true love for the Sahaba radiallahu anhum and defending the Sahaba radiallahu anhum and their dignity and their honor as they are the foundation of the Quran, they are the foundation of the Hadith and they are the means through which deen has reached us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us all the true understanding. Inshallah we'll have a short program and dhikr and dua inshallah.